Welcome to the Loose Change Podcast. Uh, after a little bit of a hiatus over the holiday break, we'll be back at you today with Connor Bedard, Eric Carlson, the Carolina Hurricanes, and a little bit more. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. And welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast, where we have a few guys giving their two cents on everything hockey. God damn it, does it feel good to be back, Stuart. How was your holidays, pal? So good. So needed. I mean, who doesn't love the holidays? This was a nice little break. We did the two-week two break, and we are back to talk hockey every week for the rest of the NHL season, all the way through playoffs. Maybe do a couple-week breaks in the summer, but we are all go right now. Loose Change Podcast is a go. We're missing Brady on this episode, but we got Kai Kuypers. Kai, how was your holidays, pal? It was excellent. You know, it was, uh, I'm glad that we had a couple of weeks off, feeling nice and refreshed and ready to, ready to give the listeners something to enjoy for the rest of the season here. We're going to fucking kill it. Hell yeah. I think we, we should will start not talk about the Canucks dark. every week. But yeah, that's, you know what? We'll Let's start with our New Year's uh, resolutions. That, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. We're going to start with some New Year's resolutions. Our one New Year's resolution is to not talk about the Canucks every single podcast. We need to take some breaks. And when we do talk Canucks, we need to keep it to under 10 minutes. Um, another resolution, and I, I think it's important to start small with resolutions. Sometimes people start too big. Like I told myself, I'll do 100 push-ups a day. No, I won't. Let me do 20 push-ups a day to start. You know what I mean? Something that's actually achievable. We can't get Braden to like not think about ending his Canucks fanship and other things every single time he watches Canucks, but we should try our best to get him to be a little bit more optimistic with the team. Cause I feel bad for the guy he's going through it. I mean, he's at a lease game right now, considering converting his fandom. So that's another new year's resolution. Any other new year's resolutions for the podcast guys? Hmm. I think we could, let's do something attainable. I think we could become like, a top three hockey podcast in the world. Let's just like start low. I don't want to say top one yet, but mm. I think by the end of 2023, if we can crack the top three, that's something we should look at. I believe it. Let's uh, let's make it happen. Sounds let's start with everyone's favorite player and everyone's favorite prospect. I know it's January, but I'm already excited for the draft with world juniors going on, but Dard is the only thing I care about too. Like every time I'm watching, just get 16 on the ice for Canada. He's been setting records and Kai, you sent an article earlier today that suggested some scouts are calling him. And I quote the best prospect since Crosby after all I've seen in the world juniors and some of these WHL stats I was looking up this morning. I think it might be safe to say that he is the best prospect since Crosby. I know it, it. It's uh, it seems ludicrous. Like when you read that, like, like really, we're just gonna gloss over McDavid that yeah. he's not in there. But if you compare their production at this age, it's not a contest. It's actually insane. Bedard's outscoring him uh, in points and goals in points per game and goals per game. And there's this thing that about Bedard that people seem to keep on saying he's rising to the occasion. He gets up for big games. There's mm-hmm. this clutch factor that seems to be built into him already. I wonder if that's actually true, but after seeing that Slovakia overtime goal the other day, I'm Ooh. all the way in on this guy being a franchise piece. There's no way this is a bust, like 0% chance. 
he's going to be a hall of famer this is a lock what a player he's going to change a franchise mm-hmm. well he there's even had so a... many franchises i hope he doesn't change but well, he's he's, change one he's absolutely caring like i let's be honest here pretty average team canada this year from what canada should like it usually yeah. is yeah it's, it's pretty average he's getting right now going into the usa canada game on 21 percent of his shifts he gets a point mm-hmm. that's insane one <laughs> in five good? shifts he's the team scores while he's on the ice <laughs> like that's so stupid let's talk about his world junior stats over the last two tournaments in 14 games he has 34 points and 16 goals getting over a goal a game for the last two years absolutely carrying canada like you said who has not been the best of the best Let's face it, Finland, Sweden, and even Czechs and Slovaks have totally caught up to Canada and USA as far as the World Juniors and player development goes. Bedard is the creme of the creme. But outside of that, I think there's a lot of Swedes and Finns that are better than a lot of the Canadians out there. Shane Wright, for example, did not and does not look like a top player in this tournament. (laughs) Have you guys noticed that he's not making an impact? I think... I've almost noticed the opposite as in, as in, I guess I just, well, I guess I noticed that exactly. I don't notice him. Like, isn't he the captain of the team too? Like, I feel like he should be putting up just as many points or like maybe just below Bedard, but it's what I expected from him going in anyways. But I, I don't think he's been doing crazy, but yeah, Bedard is really the only thing I want to talk about with the world juniors right now. We'll wait till the gold medals done and we'll talk about it next podcast a little bit but with Braden on to talk about all the prospects. But right now, Bedard in the WHL is also 27 goals and 37 assists in 28 games. It's it's like you said, Kai, unprecedented since Crosby's time. And mm-hmm. at this point, I kind of want to ask you guys, where do you want to see him get drafted to? He's going to change the franchise. Connor Bedard will transform a hockey city. There's plenty of cities I don't want him to go to. And there's one city that I really want him to go to. Obviously, I'd like him to go to Toronto. It's not realistic. For me, teams that actually have a chance, I would love to see him to go to San Jose or Columbus. I think those two teams have been would be very fun because of the pieces around them. And mm. the cities have had pretty shit luck as far as keeping players around goes, in my opinion. So for me, my number one pick, Columbus. I like what the GM has done with the Duchesne thing, the Panarin thing in the past. Let's go get Bedard and Gaudreau and make something happen. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Who would you want as your number one team guy to draft Bedard? Obviously. Other than the Canucks, obviously. But like Canucks are a legitimate argument. I'd love to hear you say why, because the Canucks right now have a 5% chance of getting the first overall pick according Mm -hmm. to the, uh, the website. I I personally would like to see them drop down to like closer to the Montreal Philadelphia area like maybe up maybe I think realistically they could probably get like a eight and a half to nine and a half percent chance of drafting Bedard at the end of the season that's what I would like to see I don't see them dropping to like the Chicago or Anaheim level obviously but anything beyond that is kind of realistic in my opinion um obviously Canucks have never drafted first overall besides the um the Sedin year, right? Or was that even wasn't that second? I think that was overall? second and third. They yeah, had yeah. second and they traded it for the third overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the Canucks have ever drafted first overall. Um throughout this last decade and a bit, 
the dark years of Canucks fandom. You know, there's been a lot of times where we've been shit and then not bad <laughs> enough to draft first overall. And it would be nice to see us have a little bit of lottery luck here. And um, we all know it's rigged, so it'd be a good opportunity for the Canucks to get it in their favor with him being a North Vancouverite and all. Um, but more realistically, I, I would actually really like to see him in Anaheim. I think that would be a really fun spot with Zegris and Drysdale and Troy Terry. Uh, they, they've got McTavish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mc, they yeah, have McTavish. Unreal forward. Like that team would just be unreal to watch in a couple of years. Yeah. That would I, remind me of like the current Leafs a little bit, just like five mm-hmm. all star forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with Kai. I think, I think Anaheim would be my team, but I, I really almost don't care where he goes as long as it isn't Chicago. Arizona, and just because I'm a Penguins fan, Philadelphia. I don't want to see him go to any of those teams. But anyone else, I'd be happy enough with. But why don't even you Montreal? Want... Montreal would be so much fun. Yeah, I think I almost want it to be Montreal, but on Florida's pick that they traded for Ben Chirot with would be way better. <laughs> Let me go back a little. Before... Let me take one step backwards, and we'll take two steps forwards after Chicago with the first pick right now. They're the bottom standing. They have a 25 percent chance at first. Second last gets a 13% chance. And then after that, it's somewhere between an 11 to a 4% chance. You don't really have a great chance at all. If you're drawing even first place, you only have a one in four chance of getting Bedard. So that's the cool thing. This conversation could be literally anybody. It's a lottery ball that picks it. Anaheim would be a cool pick. I don't want to see him in Montreal as a Leafs fan Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to get fucked around by the Habs for the next 15 years. But also, Bedard versus Matthews could be one of the best rivalries. Oh my god! Yeah, in like it could be the new Crosby Ovechkin, right? Because mm-hmm. they're in the yeah. same conference, same division, even. I, 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 all I think Toronto. maybe I think maybe the age gap there is even too much that that wouldn't be the case. Like mm. part of the Crosby, the Crosby yeah. Ovechkin thing was they were one year age gap worked out perfectly. I think at this point, Matthews is not in the same age category. Like, it's McDavid Matthews. It's not Matthews mm-hmm. Bedard. Remember when it was Matthews yeah. Line A way back when? That's funny. Yeah. In yeah. retrospect. Um, in retrospect, that's definitely funny. Um, it was I would, for a bit, at least. Going back to Bedard, though, I would hate Arizona. Wouldn't that be terrible? That would suck. No, that'd be the... That's the yeah, God. Back up the place, 5,000 people to see the first overall pick and the generational talent mm-hmm. that is Connor Bedard. When when are they moving to the new stadium? Isn't that wasn't this just for this year? Isn't it? Would it be as soon one as more next season? Year? Yeah, as no, soon I think as there's one more season two seasons. They... Yeah, yeah. And they're like fully getting a new arena, right? It's official that they're getting a new arena, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't until 2026. The 2025, 2026. Well, here's the thing, right? You know, at this point, you know, we can all harp on Batman as much as we want. Um, at, there is definitely a little bit of like the sunk cost fallacy in his mind going on with Arizona, but at the same time, say what you will, NHL has never been more profitable than when he's been in charge. So it's kind of, you kind of got to trust him here and think that there's got to be something going on with why he keeps going back to Arizona. Um, maybe this would be what they need. You know? And I get it. Like there's, 
there's lots of people in Arizona. It's a growing place and hockey's mm-hmm. growing in the South. You saw what Gretzky did to California and all those teams, right? Look at what success brought to the LA Kings organization. Like I feel as though every celebrity I know that's a hockey fan is an LA Kings fan. Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. The list goes on, right? I think that could happen. Um, and all it would take would be bizarre going to Arizona. That would be a totally. huge thing for Arizona. So do you think Batman's rigging that shit for the Coyotes? It's certainly a possibility. It's certainly they, they a possibility. They definitely have they're gonna that's... have a higher percent chance than what they're supposed to. Yeah. That's for if sure. they win it, people are going to be saying stuff. That's for sure. And it feels... you know, same same with Chicago, right? Like Chicago is definitely the odds on favor to get it. And I think that they are the worst team in the league. But just with all the stuff that's going on with them, I think Batman really needs that franchise to be profitable quick. Yeah, and what a way to turn <laughs> the wrong. page just by putting Bedard over it. Like yeah. every article of those like um, that they covered up, it's just going to be replaced with Bedard articles. That's all you need for Chicago for publicity. It's just got a new guy. I don't know if I feel good about Philly getting it. That's like the only other one I could think of. Mm. And I don't really like that, the sound of that, right? No, and why, maybe why that's not? just because we don't like the Flyers. I just don't think... They deserve it. <laughs> I don't know. No? I, I'm not a big Flyers guy. I hmm. don't think the I think the ownership and the management has been terrible. Mm. Maybe the fans deserve it, but I don't believe even the current management will do anything good with Bedard. And I love to see Bedard on a team that's actually going to build into this really fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see Columbus, mm-hmm. Anaheim, Montreal, San Jose all doing that way better. <laughs> Then who even is their GM right now? It's not Hextall. Chuck Fletcher, right? Chuck, right. That, I think that's the Flyers' GM. Chuck motherfucking so end, Fletcher. End of the day, you look at. I think you draft a superstar. It doesn't matter who the GM is. What's important is who the GM is when they're not on the rookie deal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, know, you draft Bedard, and it's like it, you just be like, okay, we don't need to be immediately a playoff team, but clock's ticking. But here's the thing with Clock what Matthew ticking. Kachuk's been pulling, pulled with Calgary and basically told him, I'm not going to resign with you, trade me. I feel as though younger players, and especially Bedard, like all those scare articles I saw with Matthews, Bedard could actually do as well. If he doesn't mm-hmm. want to go somewhere or if he wants a different management, he can demand it. If he wants to compete right away, I think he has the right to demand stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of brings it up, but like Arizona, Columbus, like... If I were 18 year old, if I was an 18 year old coming into the league, not on the top of my list for places I'd like to spend my career. I think Columbus, though, wouldn't be too bad. Like, I, they still mm. have the same GM when they had like Panarin and like Duchesne and all them, right? And then the GM went out and got all those. Oh, guys. I just meant At like the city. Know. I just oh, like, yeah. I wouldn't want to play in the city. Yeah, city wise, I agree with that. Yeah. I think Montreal, it depends on the person. And what we've heard about Bedard is this. Guy, he rises to the occasion and loves yeah. the big moment. Bell Centers for him is the place for him to play at that point. Totally. And it's, Montreal it's and Florida right? add up right now. Mm-hmm. If you add up their two first round picks, they have the second best percentage to draft mm-hmm. Bedard behind Chicago. Should we talk about that? About, you know, they've got the Florida pick. How insane was it that Florida actually traded? For those that don't know, Florida doesn't have their first round pick. They're a tire fire this season. They're the ninth worst team in the league 
and they traded it for 24 games of Ben Sherratt last year, who is no longer on their <laughs> roster. What an L and what a lesson. How can anyone ever not protect their first round pick? Maybe that they couldn't have gotten the trade done without it, but then don't do the trade. Mm-hmm. Right? Not for Ben Sherratt. And everyone knew it was bad right away, and it's just being proven to be worse and worse. What do we what do we think about Florida going forward? They don't have their first round pick and they seem like a tire fire. Are we worried, Kai? You have to be, right? Like I'm terrified if I'm a Florida Panthers fan. I'm grabbing the back of my jersey, flipping around, and I'm a Tampa fan now. <laughs> there's there's no good outcome for Florida this season because I think they've kind of shot themselves in the foot enough where it's gonna be really hard for them to bring it back into a playoff spot. I don't think they're as bad as they are currently. Like yeah. they've had a lot of injuries as well this season. Like I know Barkov's missed time, like Ekblad missed a good amount of time. Like that's like their two most important mm-hmm. players aside from like Matthew Chuck, but Yeah, but I mean they're they're, they're so far eight out. points out of the playoffs, right? Yeah, eight points like, out of the playoffs, and the Metro has six teams in the race right now, right? Yeah, the the best Florida can do without getting they they just have to get as high as they can. They can't let Montreal get the first overall pick off no. their pick. They'll oh, get God, destroyed. You could literally if, lose your job over that. The GM will be fired. If you should. You you should. You should. If you miss out on Bedard because of your mistake, you yes. See ya. Absolutely. And you should never have a job in the league again. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not a definitely not as the main guy, at least. Florida <laughs> only has a 16% chance, according to Money Puck, to make the playoffs. Oof. Just to make it. Wow. Buffalo has a 24% chance. Ottawa has a better chance. Mm-hmm. The Senators and the Sabres at January 3rd have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Florida Panthers. I just needed to say that so I could clip it. That's fucking crazy. That's so bad. Oh, man, it is fun to shit on the Panthers, and I'm excited for us to do that more in 2023. Add that to the New Year's resolution. <laughs> but Dard, what an insane you know, player. Interesting team that's not in the playoff picture right now is the Oilers. I don't know if I would ever watch hockey again if Edmonton got Bedard. <laughs> I can't believe... What would, what would I, you I do? Just wouldn't. No, I, I would li- literally never watch an NHL hockey game ever again. <laughs> and I, I, can't I will commit that. to that right now. Like, you can clip this, and if it if happens... If Bedard goes to the Oilers, Kai Kuypers will never, ever watch no. an NHL game again. If it's if on it, if at it, a bar, you'll leave the bar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I'm actually on board, too. I'm, I'm with you. Sign the petition you imagine? right now. I can't that imagine. That would be absurd. I, I'm actually and they would still probably it. fuck it up. Oh, they would 100%. Have no <laughs> yeah, they'd make it to the cup final and then they'd have their goaltender, Jack Campbell, post an 850 and lose it. That sounds like <laughs> something they would do. But we need to stop talking about it or it might just like actually happen. We might speak it into existence. We've done that plenty of times on this show. I mean, I literally spoke the Florida Panthers' downfall into existence before the season. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, that was your hot take, wasn't it? That was my hot take. It was like yeah. plus 600 or something. Florida didn't miss the playoffs. Now they have fucking 15% chance of doing it. I'm Maybe. just saying we're always right on this podcast. And when we're not, we don't clip it. So it's not on our socials. <laughs> don't worry about that. Speaking of being right, uh, should we talk about the Carolina Hurricanes? 
They are so right. It's insane. Eleven game win streak. They're back on top of the Metro. Jersey had it for a bit, but it's we're not fucking around here. It's the Hurricanes rest of the way. They're going to be first mm-hmm. in the Metro all the way to the end. My question is, can they get over the hump? Because every single one of us picked them to be the division winner. We, mm-hmm. No one's surprised by them having an eleven game win streak in the middle of the season. No, but with the pieces I've seen and with that goalie. That they got, I don't want to mispronounce it. Kachekka, I don't know. Their goalie's good, though. He's got some attitude, and I like the Hurricanes to make it through the hump here. I think they make it to the cup final. I really do. I th- yeah. I've I've been watching four of their 11-game win streak, I think I've tuned in, maybe at least three games. They've just been steamrolling teams, too. Even when it's a close game, they're dominating play. Money Puck always puts them as a, they should have won the game. They've been kind of stonewalled by the playoffs i'm gonna go from 2010 to 2018 give you a little rundown uh briefly they didn't make the playoffs once 2019 lost the conference finals so they won two rounds then they win one round lose one round lose one round lose it's this season now is it a one and done stew or do you see them making it deep again i mean i think i've picked Carolina to win the cup like the last two years before this you can't give it up. The cup final, and I, I, I no, I'm not going to pick against them now. Um, I, I, I think as long as they, as long as they win the Metro, I think, and can stay in their division until the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they have a really good chance. Mm-hmm. I, I like them against every Eastern team. Like Penguins and Capitals are as much as I love my Penguins. I mean, they're so inconsistent, anyways. But both Penguins and Capitals, they're they're older. At you know playoff time, they're going to be a little bit slower. That's just how it works. Carolina's younger. They should take them. New Jersey, limited experience in playoffs with like their team. Like how many playoff games do you think their whole team has combined? Wow. It yeah. Can't be many. It's it's um, gonna be like one of those Yager stats where Yager has this many games played versus mm-hmm. the other team's total. Yeah, I bet yeah. you Carolina has like 10 times at least the playoff experience as New Jersey combined. Yeah, and Carolina's just they have a really deep forward group. They just need their Tap forwards to actually score, which was their problem for to start the season. Right. So I, I think that brings me to an interesting point. You know, Carolina, obviously very solid. We all predicted them to be first or second in the division yeah. coming into the season. And they've done an excellent job in the years prior, just like building up a young staple of forwards. Now's the time to use it and go all in, right? Because they, they won't be around forever at an affordable contracts. Um, you look at them right now, they have Paul Stastny as their first line center. Um, obviously, that's worked out well for them to this point. But going into the playoffs, I think that that is an upgrade that needs to be made. Where is Sebastian Ajo playing in that lineup then? Um, second line center. So, I mean, first, second line, I probably pretty interchangeable. But so still, it's yeah, Stastny, you're, you're Stretch, right. and it, it or Jarvis, Ajo, Terabine. I think that there is just like a lacking on a second superstar there, you know? So go trade for Borhorvat is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, what you're yeah, leading I mean, that's, to and what everyone that thinks is, is definitely, and I think Borhorvat would be an excellent addition to this team, right? Yeah, oh my God. Can you would imagine Borhorvat and Aho down the middle, and then you have Jordan Stahl and Stasny. And as I, your I other feel like centers. he he fits the fit. He fits like the team structure where defensively responsible, but All still offensive yeah. capable forwards. Super likable team guy. 
Yeah. He sounds like a hurricane to me. Yeah. Get him there. Honestly, they should go. For, this is the year, Kai. Absolutely. They should push all the chips in. You it want is to the talk year. about a team to give up for an sure. unprotected first? Carolina's the team. Totally. And I think that when you're looking at, we've already, oh, shit. Are we going to talk about the Canucks? This is leading into it. But <laughs> when we thought about the Canucks and maybe steps with their New Year's resolutions, we know that they want a player in return as well. And I think the Hurricanes would need to trade someone to make space for Borhovat, whether that's Jarvis or whether that's Nietzsche. Certainly. Which so I think it would be kind of a good win-win. Yeah. I think they can think they might be able to do that though, because like they are adding Pacioretty at some point. Like Pacioretty exactly. is still like oh they my god, I forgot really they're adding Pacioretty. They gotta make still, space. They still get Pacioretty. Oh my god, they're adding Pacioretty. This is, team is insane, bro. Yeah, this I is got, actually crazy. I had Hurricane start of the season to win President's Trophy. I took that. I, yeah, I actually have a lot of Hurricanes features. Yeah. They still have a chance. I know that Boston's been insane. They're 29-4-4. Four and four, But Hurricanes in the same amount of games played are only six points behind. Yeah, an 11-game win streak will do that for you. <laughs> yeah, that'll and certainly Boston, help. Boston in their last 10, 7-0-3. Oh, so it's not even like they made much ground. The Bruins still haven't lost in regulation at home yet. It's the new year. 3 <laughs> oh my god isn't that stupid yeah and you know what this leads i we didn't talk about it pre-show it's not in our pre-notes but we have to talk about it because i'm getting so pissed off thinking about mm. it dude why don't we go back to one through eight this makes no sense Rich, like you mentioned it's january 3rd and the atlantic division is locked up mm. it is impossible it's literally a less than a 10 percent chance that the seeding isn't Boston one, Toronto two, yeah. Tampa three, or if it, it switches, it'll just be Tampa two. Yeah, Absolutely, no, that's it's right. Toronto and Tampa fighting for who hosts Game Seven. That is it, because Game Seven is going to happen. For. Obviously, it's Toronto in the first round. That's like the biggest inevitable in the world is that mm-hmm. it's going Game Seven. It's just who gets home ice for Toronto. I don't even think it matters. Like I don't, you I know. legit don't care if we get home ice. I don't think it helps us or makes us yeah. worse. And that's just so, terrible for entertainment value, eh? Like, that's what I'm saying. Why, why would you watch this Leafs game tonight, bro? I'm a Leafs fan. I have a Leafs podcast or a hockey podcast every week, and I'm watching games. They'll score. I'm like, okay, I actually don't give a fuck. Last year, at least I had the Matthews goal chase. Oh, right. Matthews shift. Let's get sixty, baby. I was jacked up. I grew a mustache for the dude. Let's fucking do it, buddy. But. <laughs> Right now, it's January 3rd, and I don't care about hockey at all as a Leafs fan. I've literally watched more fucking Hurricanes games, more Penguins games, more Blues games since then, uh, since like October because of this. It's annoying as a Leafs fan, and if we went to one through eight, the Leafs could be playing the Penguins right now. What an exciting first round that would be. I get rivalries are cool, but I'm tired of it. Stuart, are you on board with this? Let's get rid of the divisions right away. No, it, it should be one through eight. There's no reason for otherwise, like having otherwise. And like the argument against where it's like the first round matchups, like is it, can you even argue that the first round matchups are more competitive in this like setup? Like how much difference is like you said, like it'd be what Leafs or It'd be Hurricanes Penguins would be the first round matchup, I think. Yeah, if you did it the way it was, where like the division leader gets first and second, it'd be Mm -hmm. 
Boston would be playing the Penguins right now. Hurricanes would be playing the Rangers. Leafs would be playing Capitals. And Devils would be playing Lightning. Give me one bad matchup out of those four matchups. Those are all so good. Those (laughs) are amazing. Pittsburgh, Boston have been both games so far this year have been one goal games. And the way I grew up, bro, is rivalries were made by playing each other in the playoffs organically. Not, hey, it's January 3rd. We're going to see in the playoffs. So I hate Tampa Bay now. I don't care about that. I want us to be like, oh, shit, who do we got? The freaking Capitals. We play them in 2016. Let's go again. Like That's so exciting. And yeah, all these games don't matter now. It must hurt ratings. I don't understand why Bettman or anyone believes that this makes money. I don't think it does. I think it absolutely steals money from the league. It just doesn't make sense from a financial competitive or Tyler perspective. And those are my three checklists usually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just kind of silly, you know, it just entertainment value. It's just not there. Um, We want to see the best teams play in the semifinals and the finals, not in the first and second round. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, uh, I want I do want to talk something positive about the Leafs, though. It's something that is cool and I'll actually keep track of is this point chase. Matthews and Marner are at 500 points right now. Not exactly, but maybe by the time you're listening to this. Yes, because Matthews is at 499, Marner at 497. These guys are already 12th and 13th all time in Leafs scoring. By the end of the year, they should be 10th and 11th. By the end of next year, they should be top eight each. The leader, Matt Sandin, with 987 points. I see Matthews and Marner lapping him. And it begs the question, are we watching the two best Maple Leafs of all time at the same time and Mm. not enjoying it enough because of many things, such as their playoff success? Yeah, I mean, that would be... That'd be an incredible narrative shift for sure, right? Just based off of where we were with Marner like two months ago. Um, (laughs) He definitely is not getting as much respect as you could argue that he's deserved. Uh, Like if if he does end up being up there, you know, Daryl Sittler's number two, Matt Sundin number one, Dave Keon number three. That if you talk about old heads, no company. one's putting them up there with those guys. No, no one is. Yeah. I mean, maybe Matthews, but definitely not Marner. Yeah. And Marner's right beside Matthews, like mm-hmm. two points behind him with 20 extra games played. Sure. But they're going to finish together, I'd assume. And if they play another seven seasons as Maple Leafs, they're each going to be first and second in scoring. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've absolutely turned the tide on Marner. My emotions got the best of me. Surprise, surprise. That happens with me. I'm a fucking Leafs fan, right? Yeah, but you're going to lose him again in the playoffs if you know they get first rounded. If, if it's Marner's fault, like, yeah. If he doesn't put up like at least a point per game. or hey, fair it, enough. Like, he deserves it, though, at that point, like as you should. I, I was also being fed information by like Elliot Friedman and credible sources that Marner was to blame for several like coaching decisions. And I couldn't believe how much power he held in such like decisions. I I'm not gonna get into it. Cause this I'm a pro Marner guy. Now I love Mitch, Mitch. You're my guy. Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, are the two best Leafs maybe of all time. And I'm going to in 2023, my news resolution is to appreciate it. I'm going to watch Leafs games and watch, Hey, 
knowing in 15 years, if I have a kid, they're not going to be able to watch Matthews and Marner in their prime. And the Leafs will likely not have two of the best Leafs of all time on the roster. You know what I mean? Isn't, is it not also kind of crazy to you guys that we're talking about an original six team here and two guys with like 450 games played are 12th and 13th in franchise points for? I'm so glad you brought that up. I forgot. To. It's, an original I, it's shocking that they no. have no 1,000 point score. I'd argue it's the team with the second most history in the league behind Montreal. Yeah. And they have not one 1,000 point score and they have two players that are projected to get there before their 950th game. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just looking at the list right now, too. Matthews is, what, 140 goals behind the Leafs' lead for all-time goals scored, even already? He's three seasons away, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So Matthews will be the Leafs' leading scorer if he plays, like, four more full seasons. Like, if he signs a five That's contract, actually he will shocking. That's insane. That's, that's legitimately shocking. You know, I mean, I know the Leafs have had a lot of dark years for sure, but still. The entire 80s and 70s. They've also been around since like 1920 yeah. or 1915, whatever. But, you know, even ago. even when like the league first started, it it was definitely Montreal ran shit for like a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, in the 60s, the 60s were the least. The 60s, the yeah. least won six cups. Yeah. Five cups, sorry. Five cups in eight Five years. of their 10 total? Yeah, 10 or 11. I was thinking about this yeah. in the shower before. I'm not sure. Nine to 11 cups. But... None of them matter, right, to anyone in hockey right now. But I'm just saying, 2023 year resolution, I'm watching those two happy. I'm telling myself this for the fifth time just so I can breathe it into existence. <laughs> Let's talk JT Miller quickly because I want to get to more stuff. But we have to address it. Braden would have brought it up already. Um, JT Miller, we know we've been calling an asshole. We've been on his grills, but holy shit, th- this has been unbelievable. What he did to the goalie the other game, Kai, can you walk me through why that happened and what it was for the listeners? He's just, he's just such a prick. I just, I, it's actually shocking watching him play how unlikable the guy is. <laughs> so, the most unlikable player in all of hockey, I agree. So essentially, and mind you, the coach came out after the game and said that this was his decision. Not the goalies. So, um, Cucks are losing by one goal. JT Miller has the puck in his own zone, turns back towards the net. And then, you know, common practice for empty net is the goalie waits until you leave the defensive zone before coming out and then getting the extra tacker on. Which, mind you, when JT Miller has the puck, you should 100% wait till he doesn't have the puck before leaving <laughs> Because people. there's a high percentage <laughs> chance that he's turning it over. um so like not even not even keeping that in mind he did the goalie did the common thing by waiting for jt miller to vacate the zone before leaving the net and his response to it was going behind the net and screaming at the goalie and smashing his stick on the crossbar until he left like a child well play is going on (laughs) well play is going on everyone sees it this gets national attention like all eyes in the NHL are watching JT Miller be a terrible teammate, which I'm frankly kind of happy about. So now everyone knows that is the case. Um, and then proceeds to not take responsibility for it at yeah, all. Kai. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he gets asked about it naturally. And then he's <laughs> like, Oh, I don't think it's a big deal. Like I have no comment on it. I think there's nothing that needs to be said. All this stuff. He, like 
behind closed doors do you think it's a possibility he apologized but given this guy's character i think it seems unlikely i wouldn't bet on that he apologized yeah i'd bet against it actually yeah you guys (sighs) see that clip when he was on the rangers apparently like he yelled at lundquist one game on the ice and then was traded like two games later or something yeah yeah Yeah, he has the balls to yell at heinrich fucking lundquist and he was like 23 at that time too yeah super young yeah what an absolute (laughs) prick and this isn't an oncurring segment for 2023. We're going to award a loser of the week. And the first ever 2023 loser of the week goes to JT Miller. You are our yeah. loose change loser of the week. Very Fuck deserved. You. Very, very go, deserved. JT. Absolute loser energy. Really hope he turns it around because I am a closeted Canucks fan. I've been roommates with Kai in college. We've known each other for a while. Braden's a Canucks fan. They're always on after the Leafs, and they've never ran into the Leafs and made a big fuss with them. So I've always been kind of cheering for them. And JT Miller really makes me cheer against them. It's insane how quickly I want mm-hmm. the want them to lose. Unless they're playing the Oilers, I'm usually not cheering for the Canucks anymore just because I want Miller to be unsuccessful. Well, I know Braden's not here, but he was kind of joking around today. Like, was it over Twitter about yeah. buying out JT Miller? Yeah. Would like, you buy out Miller if it was a 1.5 against your cap for another 10 years? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, what at this point, move. he's going to be, what, 9 million against the cap for eight years? So <laughs> Wait, I, would take, really good I would take the dead cap hit at that point for sure. And the longer you like wait to do that, I think the worse it would get for you to do it. So I think just do it now and cut the bite the bullet. That'd be they crazy won't do that before obviously. it even kicks in. They definitely <laughs> won't do that because no, there's was, not a chance. They're in their bed. They're gonna lay in it like they made it. They're gonna lay in it. Um, but yeah, it's just one to do a quick little fuck you, JT Miller. You are a loose change loser of the week segment. On to Eric Carlson, who is our non loser, our winner of the week. He's our winner of the week, Eric Carlson. He's tied for fourth in scoring with 53 points. Fourth in league scoring with 53 points. Eric Carlson in 2023. I'm not kidding. This is wild. Go look it up. I was surprised when I looked it up. I can't believe it. Can you believe this? How predictable was this, Stuart? Not at all. I mean, he hasn't like looked like his Ottawa center self since he left Ottawa, really like ever since he got to San Jose, he really hasn't shown like that. He's leading the league in five V five points. Even the entire NHL. He has 35, five V five points in 39 games as Eric Carlson, just on defense, like on a what bottom five team in the league. That's what San Jose is. Yeah, bottom four right now. I can't believe that Eric Carlson's turned it around. We were talking in the offseason about him being a buyout candidate. How can the Sharks ever survive this contract? He's untradeable, obviously. You'd have to give up assets to get him away. Now, he's setting the franchise record with point streaks. 21 points in his last 13 games, getting a point in every single one of them. What? Is his value in a trade, Stuart? We were joking earlier in the season. Ah, he's doing so well. If he can keep it up, maybe. He's kept it up. He's put it on. Is he tradable? And what is he tradable for? I think, I don't know. Every team that I think would want Eric Carlson right now is super cap strapped. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd he's be... still making 11 million. 
<laughs> yeah, it would be very, very hard just for San Jose to trade him at what his actual current value is, I think. Like, it, it, it seems really hard with... How many years has he left on his contract, even? like Four after this. Four after this? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a lot Ooh. of money to... If yeah, only I you mean, know the cap would go up in the league enough because then we could actually see cool, fun trades. <laughs> but yeah, like you're not going to trade him for his value as a player currently. Like, there's just no way. But he might now actually have positive value. Right. Oh, I think it was he absolutely positive negative value. value in the offseason. Are we at you positive look value? At, I, I think it's, you could erase that argument. I think that you would still have to do serious, um, what's the word? Retention? Cap. Cap retention for sure, like upwards of a quarter of the contract, at least. Or I think because yeah. he's making eleven. I think if San Jose retains three, which you look at their team, they can afford to do. Yeah, like, that's not about twenty five percent of the cap. Like yeah. in that four years, are they going to be back in contention? Probably not. With the cap yeah. going up and everything, and yeah. where they're set up, I think I, that's I, a reasonable thing to eat. I, I do, and then I th- I think that that if you can get a first round pick for that, that's a slam dunk. But again, Absolutely. I think this is definitely a conversation to be having during the off season because yes. even at three million retained, no one can take on eight mil in cap. No, doubt. yeah, another player would have to be going back, and so like it had to be a team with a, like an excess of they'd have to be a younger guy too that makes a good amount of money that you can you know? spare. And how many of those exist? On NHL teams. So Detroit put uh, Vrana on waivers today. Right. Uh, yeah, that that's wild. He makes five mil. Damn. Interesting kind of timing there with some guys coming up in uh, like trade talks, right? That is interesting. I, I saw something on Vrana today. I think Jay Fresh tweeted it that he's like second in like 5v5 goals per 60 minutes or something over the last like whatever years like the, mm-hmm. he's like the only person he's like second like behind Matthews or something mm-hmm. like when he's been playing he drives play really well I think he's a great player I saw Leafs Twitter hoping that Chicago would claim him retain some salary and then trade him to us for a prospect or a pick <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I was big, thinking myself let's move. fucking there do you that go. let's big brain <laughs> that let's get Chicago on the line here Every team should do that it's in a playoff spot right now. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, if I'm bring Chicago, the guy over, I would be calling every single team right now saying, Hey, I can claim this guy. What do you want for him? We can keep the cap. I just use it and then pay two million for a draft pick if I'm Chicago. You know absolutely. how good that would be for that. Pittsburgh's third line? That's their biggest issue. Just add Verona to it instead. And Pittsburgh's obviously going to do something. They need depth, I think. They also need some defense, but it's hard to find that. I think what they could do is make a move for a person like Frana. I think Bo Horvat's mm. priced out of their range for sure. But oh, a yeah, depth Bo piece Horvath's like Frana is exactly what the Penguins need. Yeah, they need a middle six winger. Or even center, even. Like, get Jeff Carter out of the... Like, let Jeff Carter play four or five minutes until the playoffs. Well, don't play. don't Vrana and Horvat make like the same? Does Horvat yeah, but, make five million right now? Like less than six. Wow. But Horvat's going to cost way too much for Pittsburgh. I don't yeah, think there's cost, a shot Pittsburgh gets him. The acquisition cost would be fair. crazy. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. I would shit my pants if Bo Horvat got traded to Pittsburgh. Like that'd be amazing. 
that would be the craziest emergency loose change pod of all time. If if Horvat to Pittsburgh happens, we'd need to do it right away. Yeah, but Eric Carlson, well, like you said, we'll talk about in the offseason. He's definitely not getting trade now, but it's super cool to see this resurgence. And I hope he gets a hundred points this year. I really, really do. I've I've been an Eric Carlson fan forever. Even when he's on Ottawa. People called him a douchebag when I was in Ottawa, like because apparently he wasn't super nice to some people. Fuck that. It's Eric Carlson. He's swaggy as hell. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. Pavelski is the last piece of hockey I want to talk about on today's podcast. He signed a one-year $3.5 million extension. He's still a first-line player, man. He's on the stars. He's third in team scoring with 37 points in 38 games. I think it's just an important thing to have in a locker room full of young superstars, a guy like Joe Pavelski. It's the reason the Leafs overpaid Marner or sorry, Marlowe way back then. So we could have some locker room presence. We had Matt Martin trade him away just for that. Pavelski has been doing wonders clearly for Dallas. And I just want you guys to rate the deal. Uh, Like easy. A, I oh, think. Easy. A, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like Giordano would be an A plus deal. Like he signed for like one million. Mm-hmm. Three and a half is a little rich, but like it's less than he's making now by like three million. Is it even a little rich? The guy has thirty seven points in like thirty eight games. Yeah, like, that's I why know he's older, but it could be an A plus too. I think it's a solid A. I think all three of us are down the board AAA. What a deal! What a player! And what a team! This team's a serious threat to win the Stanley Cup something I did not have on my radar to start the season is Dallas stars being the top of the central, let alone the top of the central division, but like in the Stanley cup conversation, like I thought they were a fringe playoff team. Like I thought they were fighting for like the bottom wild card spot mm-hmm. going into the season. That's what, that's where I had them, but uh, they're fucking really good. Yeah, for sure. And it's time for our bet stamp bet of the week. Hit the music. I love that tune, and I love this bet coming at you. We're talking about the stars and how good they were earlier on in the podcast. These guys are an absolute wagon, and the Ducks absolutely suck. It wasn't until recently where they won their first game in regulation all season long. The stars are going to mop the Ducks on Wednesday, January 4th at 10 p.m. Eastern. The stars, you can get them to win by two. The puck line at minus 1.5 plus 140 on some books. It gets down to like plus 110 in other places, plus 115. Use BetStamp to find the best bet and go win some money betting on the Dallas Stars, right? Absolutely. Sounds like free money to me. Little uh, belated Christmas gift to all you people. (laughs) <laughs> and that's our loose change lock of the week go lock it in make some money with your boys at loose change download BetStamp to find the best odds for your bet all right and that wraps up today's podcast i think we've been doing it for long enough and as a tradition on the loose change podcast we're keeping it going in the 2023 we have to have a joke Stu, hit me well with. you know kind of, we were talking you were talking earlier we have a couple of resolutions for yep. the podcast this year and uh you said we're not going to talk Canucks every episode, but I call total bullshit. It's going to happen every episode. There's two Canucks fans. And that's basically my 
uh, my New Year's resolution too was to just acquit on my bad habits. But uh, I don't want to go in the New Year, you know, a quitter. So I'm gonna keep on keeping on, and I think we should do the same for the podcast. Let's shit on the Canucks every week. Yeah, I think one of our New Year's resolutions should not be to to not be a quitter. Therefore, we can't quit our bad habits because we're not quitters.